Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski. And today, we have a legendary two-part episode. This is going to be the first ever two-part episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club, and it's with the one and only Mr. KD. Nick, why should people listen? Many a salesperson has floundered on a discovery call, and this is an elite level discovery conversation. We talked about connecting dots. We talked about getting agreement on the problem. We talked about the depth or the intensity of your pitch and how it starts kind of muted and how it should build and when it should build. And so if you're looking for a more advanced discovery episode, this is one that you'll want to listen to. And folks, the way that we're going to split this up is the first episode is going to be more focused on the upfront part of the sales cycle, largely about discovery. The second part is going to be more focused on the demo, the multi-threading, the building the business case, et cetera. And wait, there's one other thing that you're going to get out of this. In fact, there are two other things that you're going to get out of this. The first is Katie has also offered to give the entire audience his did I manifesto. In other words, it's a checklist or a worksheet that you can use as a rep every single day, every single week to make sure you did the right activities. And he's doing this as part of the launch of his new sales leadership course. And so you can get the Did I Manifesto in the show notes for free and definitely check out the course that KD is launching as well. And a three, a two, a one, it's part one. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Your Zoom Info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how ZoomInfo helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by ZoomInfo's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. 
Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers for sellers. The best way to drive your pipeline forward is to every single day, pull up a list of all of your open opportunities and look at each opportunity by stage and think, what can I do today that will increase my likelihood of winning this deal? That's how you keep your ops moving forward in between meetings that you have on the calendar. Now we documented five cheat codes that can help you cut your sales cycle in half with Pipedrive. There's a link in the show notes to steal them. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. All right, KD, welcome back to the show. You remember we start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. So let's get your three. All right, first one, PPI, problem, pain, and impact. So most sellers and sales leaders completely miss on these three different topics and understanding them for their personas, right? So there's a big difference between a problem and a pain, right? Where pain implies something hurts, and a lot of salespeople think that they can tell someone something hurts, right? So if I looked at Armand and say, that jacket's ugly, I bet that hurt, didn't it? It did. Oh, see, now I know it hurt because he told me it hurt. But a lot of salespeople, they approach it like they tell people things hurt. They try to tell people it's a pain. So you need to know the problem. So a problem could be something like, all right, not enough pipeline. A problem could be not enough podcast downloads. A problem could be not getting enough sponsors. That's the problem, right? But we all live with problems all the time. We live with problems all the time. To get change, you got to get into pain. So we need to know, okay, well, what are those problems causing? Like, what's the underlying issues? Well, maybe, you know, our close rates are low. Maybe no one's picking up the phone. Maybe no one's showing up. Like, we got to get into the pain point. Our activity is too low. Those start to become the pains. But like to Armand's point, they have to say, we're not making enough dials. That's when it becomes a pain. Whereas if I tell you you're not making enough dials, it's not. But then most sellers, truthfully, don't even get there. But then they don't go to the next level of like, what is that pain causing? Okay, we're not making enough dials. So what? What is that causing? What's the result of that? What's the impact of that? What is that preventing? What is that getting in the way of? So you need to know the problem, pain, and impact. And then as I wrap this, though, you need to know the problem, pain, and impact of your product to the different personas. Because the problem, pain, and impact of a user is different than the problem, pain, and impact of a benefiter, which is different than the problem, pain, and impact of a buyer. You need to make sure you map that completely out for the entire sales process. Beautiful. What's number two? So number two is CTD. And if y'all can tell, I really like acronyms because it makes it easy for me to remember, but also easy for my teams to remember. The CTD stands for connect the dots. So once you've found these things out, you have to connect the dots back to your product. Each and everything that you are talking about with your product, you have to connect back to one of those pain points, connect back to one of those impacts, right? So, you know, you see it all the time. Everyone preaches disco, disco, disco. Which is actually interesting. Like very few people are talking about, well, then how do you actually run a demo? Like, how do you actually, all right, I did all this disco. All right, I did all this research. No one's really talking about, well, what do you do with it? You have to connect the dots back to it, right? So I, I used this example with a company I was working with where 
you know, they sold things around like automation for invoicing and packaging. And one of their prospects found out that they had been on vacation. I said, okay, how can we connect the dots to them being on vacation to your product? And it was like, well, you don't want to be on vacation worrying about whether or not your inventory is up to part that, right? So it's connecting the dots when you're running the demo, connecting the, every feature that you're showing. And if you are showing a feature that you can not connect back to one of the things you learned, don't show it. It's literally not worth it. Don't even show it. When you're sending the follow-up proposals, connect the dots back. When you're doing pricing, connect the dots back. So that's the key of connecting the dots is what you've learned. You're lit, like in your brain, you need to be picturing, how am I weaving this all back together? Beautiful. Round us out, Kevin. What's number three? So to round this out, right, we'll talk about just how to approach an account, which is you go low for info, middle for insight, high for influence. More and more still to this day, people talk about, you know, getting to power. Well, the easiest way to get to power is to get in. And I feel like everyone forgets that, right? Like you get to power by getting into the account, by getting into the castle, right? Like you can't storm the castle from the top. You storm the castle from the bottom, right? So you have to go low for info. So one of the easiest places to find out if an account has a problem is by going low. Go to the users, go to the non-decision makers. And these are, these are simple and we'll probably get into messaging, but there's more people at the bottom that you can target to find out like, do they even deal with this? Like, do you even have an automation tool? Does anyone over there even listen to podcasts? Like these are short, punchy, like info. Cause once I have that info, now I can go to the middle because I have that info. I can now start to provide insights. Hey, you know, you know, you have a team of 20 SDRs and it sounds like there's no automation that could be causing. Now I'm providing insights to the middle. That's where I get to start having deeper conversations. And then once I have the insight, I can go to the top for influence. Right? By the time you're targeting the top, you need to be talking to me about my business. The amount of times I get targets like, hey, KD, we'll 2X your blank. It doesn't even matter. We'll 2X your blank. If you don't know what my X is, you can't tell me anything. Versus, hey, I know you've got 45 SDRs. They're getting about 15 emails out per day. I think if we got that to 50 per day, you could probably look at this in terms of your pipeline. Have you considered this? Now you got influence, right? So low for info. Middle for insights, high for influence. So Katie, I want to start with this problem pain impact framework that you're using largely in discovery, it sounds like. And then I want to talk about how you use that to connect the dots and then how you bring that to power to drive influence in your deal. So if we start with the problem pain impact, the first thing that you talked about is identify a problem, but then figure out what the pain is associated with that problem. But don't just tell them that they have a pain, right? And so can you give us a couple examples or ways that you can ask questions that bring a customer from problem to pain? So the first is getting problem agreement, right? And most sales orgs, I asked this question, I might have even done it live, Nick, on a webinar we were on recently, where I asked all the time, I said, what are the three main problems your product solves? And most sales reps completely get that question wrong, right? They'll say things, oh, like, you know, save time, you know, more pipeline, more revenue, right? Just as soft examples. None of those are problems. Those are all benefits, right? What problems does your product solve? Most reps don't actually even understand that language. Not enough pipeline, wasting time, low revenue, right? So the first is that problem agreement. So the way I teach that is the bucket question. 
And the bucket question I might have covered in the last one. I don't remember, but it's worth repeating if we did not. Right. So the bucket question sounds like this. So, Nick, you know, I'm talking with VPs all day. All of them seem to be struggling right now with, you know, people are taking longer to ramp. They can't find or source good talent. You know, 50% of the team is missing quota. I mean, does that sound like your world at all, or is it all fine and dandy there? I'm leading with the problems that I know 80% of my prospects have. Because if they didn't, my business probably wouldn't be in business, right? So you actually lead with the problem. And so when they say, well, yeah, I mean, that sounds like my world. Okay, which one's biggest for you right now? Ramping. So I've got my problem. Now I can start to diagnose. Okay, so talk to me about like, you know, what's causing that? Like what's prevented you from getting more candidates? Where are things falling off, right? Now we get to dig into it, okay? Then we get to impact questions actually the easiest because that's just, so what is that causing? But the key to all of this, the key is you should have all of this mapped out ahead of time. You should know the top three problems for your personas, the top three pain points that cause those problems, and the top three impacts, because then you sound like an expert, right? Where if I'm talking to a fellow podcaster, I can say things like, hey, so like I'm talking to a lot of podcasters right now, like sponsors aren't renewing as much next year. Everyone's really going over budgets with a fine-toothed comb. Are you seeing that also? It shows, right? Like, okay, like you know it, but then the impact, even then I can go deeper. What's the impact of not having sponsors? What's the impact of not having sponsors for most people you think? Well, they're, they're going to go out of business. They can't pay for their fancy podcast mics anymore. So can't you lead that with the questions? Like, well, yeah, sponsors have been getting tighter a little bit. Okay. Is that maybe changing your revenue forecast for next year? Is that going to prevent you from hiring more people or getting that fancy mic? Like, what's that causing for you? And the key there, right, is the emphasis on you. What is that causing for you? It's called a separator tone, where it's not like, so what is that causing? So what's that causing for you, Nick? There we go. So like in three, four questions, I've got problem agreement, number one problem, what's causing that problem and then the impact of it right in the flow. But to your earlier question, this is not just in disco. This is my framework for prospecting emails, for the phone call that we're making in call. Because again, if I know these things, it changes how I do my messaging. KD, one area that I've seen this go awry is when the prospect jumps immediately from that bucket question to a solution. So in the example that you gave, they respond, yeah, you know, the team is struggling to ramp. And that's why we just need to get someone in here coaching the team regularly. And we know that you could probably do that. So what I want to understand from you is when they jump immediately to the solution, how do you keep the conversation from you just saying, all right, let me tell you all about the great ways that I can coach the team and all the stuff that I've done before. Cause you don't have the full context of the problem pain, et cetera. So anytime someone tells you what they want, mm-hmm. you have to rephrase it as a pain point. And it's not that hard to do. Yeah. You know, that's why we're looking into more coaching. Oh, so they're not getting a lot of coaching right now. No. Interesting. Why not? Anytime salespeople hear me, anytime someone tells you what they want, you have to restate it as what's lacking. This is the key. Yeah, we're looking for more automation, you know, in our process. Okay, so things are pretty manual right now. Yes. Now I'm getting agreement to a pain point. It's a restatement, right? This is so, so, so important. When someone tells you what they want, quite literally, that means it's lacking. But if you never get them to say it's lacking, you don't have pain agreement. 
even something as simple as, yeah, we're trying to drive, yeah, we want to generate more revenue next year. Got it. So you're not on pace to do that right now. It's a flip, right? That's how you stay in control. And again, it's not about going down a deep rabbit hole. I just need to get you to say that what you have right now isn't working. Right? Yeah, we want more coaching. Got it. They're not getting enough right now. No, not really. What's preventing time, know-how, resources? Like what's getting in the way? I know what the answers to those things are. You can lead with it. So how deep are you going here? Because one of the things you were talking about in the the prep call was everyone's beating their chest on discovery, discovery, discovery. And there's not enough talk around like, what's the best practice for how you show a demo or you pitch what you can actually do to help them with their problem. And I would assume that most reps listening to this hear what you just talked about where, okay, they say, anytime somebody states what they want, I'm rephrasing that as a, hey, it sounds like that might be lacking. How deep am I really going before I then go into, all right, you need someone to come in and coach. Let me talk to you about how I might be able to help. Because my guess is you could push and push and push and dig and dig and dig and potentially frustrate your buyer or miss out on you only have a limited amount of time with the customer. And so you have to have a balance of, I think, discovery and also giving some detail on how you can help. So can you tell me what your take is on that? So Mike, and it's funny because everyone it is like everyone's just, you know, thumping their chest on disco, but I feel like everyone's forgetting what disco is actually about. Discovery is about discovering a problem worth solving. That's it. That's it. Right. The deeper questions, Nick, that you're talking about, I save for the demo. I save for the demo. Right. I only need a little bit of juice early on to know whether or not there is a problem worth solving. Problem, pain, impact, got some juice there. But now once I get into the demo, I can go into those deeper ones. So the first thing, Nick, I want to show you is our automated coaching you know, platform. So earlier you'd mentioned that they're not getting a lot of coaching right now. Let's go a little bit deeper there real quick. What's, what's preventing them from getting coaching? Is it like no one knows how, managers are overstretched? Like what, what's happening there? Now I'm asking those further questions in the demo. It's what makes it more engaging. And now I'm, again, connecting the dots. I opened up. So earlier you said they're not getting enough coaching. Let's go a little bit deeper on this as I'm about to show you how we solve this. What's causing it for you? Truthfully, my managers don't know how. Got it. Okay, let me show you how this part will enable your managers to feel more confident in their coaching, connecting the dots, right? So I'm saving a lot of what I think people would call disco questions for the demo right before I'm about to show you, right? So the demo framework I teach is educate, demonstrate, buy-in, right? Educate, demonstrate, buy-in. Education, why am I about to show you what it is I'm about to show you? Why does it even matter? Demonstrate, show you, buy-in, do you agree it will solve the thing I said it was going to solve? So I save a lot of disco for in the demo because that's what makes it more engaging. So Katie, can you talk about that transition from you've done a great job going through problem, pain, impact, you know what it means for them, you know what it means for the business, and now you're transitioning into a demo. What are you doing to connect the dots between the discovery and the demo before you pull up your screen share? So we hit them with the might make sense. Right. So I've been doing some disco and quite literally, as soon as I think it makes sense, I'm about to say, you know what? Nick, I think this might make sense. Let me just restate what I'm hearing here real quick. You're not ramping people as fast as you want to. You believe it's because they're not getting enough coaching, 
right now because the managers just don't have the time to do it, which has you on pace to potentially miss the number this year, which I can only imagine is beyond stressful and hard to work with. This is what we do. Like we might be able to put something together for you. Would it be okay for me to show you how I think our product might be able to solve those things for you? Would that be all right? I'm getting permission to pitch. Like I'm the opposite of a pushy salesperson. I'm pulling you in. I'm getting permission to pitch. And if you listen to how I set that up, it might make sense. You're struggling with this, which is causing this, which is preventing this. We might be able to solve that for you. I mean, could I show you how? Well, yeah, sure. Let's dive in. All right. And then now I've got my pillars that I know I'm going to focus on in that demo. So did that answer the question, Armand? It did. And so what you're doing, what's really important to call out here is, Katie, in our last interview, you talked about it. It's about the mites, the maybes. It's never about the pressure sale, right? It's about the nuance in the tone of what you're doing. And so I love that. Let's talk about what that demo looks like now that you've done problem, pain, impact. And so you have a set of problems, pains, impacts that you solve for this customer. How much flex is there in your demo flow? based on what you've heard in discovery? Ooh, so this one will be an interesting answer. I'd say a lot and a little, meaning the flex that was required, generally, yes, you don't need that much flex, right? I'm a huge believer and have seen it play out in the real world of like the 80-20 rule. 80% of your demos are the same, y'all. 80% of your prospects have the same pain points, the same problems, the same impacts, 80% of them. So there's actually not a huge need for a ton of flex because you know how 80% of these are going to go, right? Now, on the flip side of that, of course, there's always that 20%. There's always that 20%. And with my teams and my managers, until you've mastered the 80%, I won't even spend time with you on the 20%. Until you can run a demo that covers the three to four main problems with the three to four main pain points with the three to four main impacts, 20% where they're like, well, how does this work for my left-handed employees? Dude, I don't know. So that's why it's like, it's a lot and a little, like I want it to be very fluid in the demo. Meaning I only want you showing things and talking about things that you can connect back to their problem, pain and impact. So that's where there's a lot of flex where it's not just linear, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's okay. Well, this person needs a little bit of B, a little bit of Z, a little bit of Q. That's where the flex comes in. But how we talk about those things is not very flexible because we know for the most part what's going to matter to these prospects and how we approach it. So that's why it's a little bit of a paradoxical answer. Like there's flex and there's not because if we really know, like if we really know our prospect and our industry, we know how 80% of these are going to go. Katie, I want to ask you about that might make sense sort of related to the demo because when you're first approaching this demo, your approach, your tone is sort of, it's almost tentative. It's sort of unsure. It's like, hey, this, this may be able to solve your problem. And then I think the whole other end of the spectrum where you've got the salesperson who's like, this is going to change your world. This is exactly what you need to solve your issue. And there's like almost this bravado or maybe even hubris around like, this is going to shatter your problems and be life-changing. I don't imagine you ever wade into that territory, but do you ever move deeper or closer to that from the sort of tentative unsure? Right. So let's first thing about this. We call it discovery. Shouldn't we sound like we're discovering? 
discovery quite literally implies the finding of something that was not known before. So we should sound a little bit like, let's, let's feel this out a little bit. Then we get to the might make sense. Yeah, let's dive into this a little bit. Then we get into the demo, right? And I'm doing educate, demonstrate, buy in. I'm teaching, I'm showing, I'm getting buy in, right? I'm asking the make them hold it questions. I'm asking the status quo questions. I'm like, so how would you use this? How does this compare to? Every time they give me an answer, like, well, so how does this compare to what you're doing right now? It's definitely faster. I'm writing down faster. That's one more brick. Okay. Now, how would you implement this with your managers? Well, I'd probably add it to their warm ones. Okay, so we added, I'm building the case as I go. So at the end is when that bravado comes in of like, Nick, my man, I, I think we're on to something here, right? Based off what we covered and what you said here, you said this would be faster than what you're doing right now. You said you think your managers would buy into this real quick. You said this is light years away from the training they're getting right now. I mean, my man, like, let's do this. How can we get the bravado comes when you know, I want that confidence at the end, but to lead with that confidence, I think is misplaced for a lot of reasons. One, you don't actually know until the prospect has told you it will solve their problems. You don't know if it will solve their problems. But then the second, and this is how our brains are wired, right? If I had opened up this podcast saying, this is going to be the best podcast you've ever heard. What do we look for in the podcast? This is actually very interesting about how our brains work with communication. If you, I tell you this is going to be the best, what am I going to look for this whole time? The whole time you're looking for something that makes this not the best episode ever. It's like when I go to a restaurant that's got the world's best cheeseburger on a sign, the whole time I'm like, well, you know, the patty was good, but the lettuce a little bit limp. And yeah, I don't know why, because I want to prove them wrong almost. Right. Versus this might make sense. We might be on to something here. Like there's potential we could do this for you. We're not the best fit for everyone. Now I'm looking for reasons why you are the best fit. It's a complete dichotomy of what people tell people to do. And we know this. If I had opened up this podcast and this is going to be the best episode you've ever heard, 50% of your listeners would have tuned out immediately because they're just not even interested. The next 50% would be like, all right, I'm going to listen to this, but I can guarantee you this isn't going to be the best. Yeah, let me... But then we go to sales, and that is how we do our messaging, it's how we do our emails, it's how we do our demos, it's how we do our follow-ups. It's, it's comical. KD, this has been a phenomenal episode, but we are running out of time. No, we are not running out of time, believe it or not. This is going to be a two-part episode, so we're going to move to Armand's summary of this episode, the 60-second recap, and make sure to check out the next episode for part two. This actionable competitive tactic from Clue is the trap question. Steer discovery toward the winning zone. If we're competing with a podcast that has no newsletter or webinar series, we might ask a trap question like, how do you figure out if those podcast listeners are making their way to your mailing list? And when you're in a head-to-head, there's no better way to prepare for your next competitive battle than with our trap questions and battle card templates from our friends at Clue. The link's in the show notes. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free.
Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. Your top four takeaways from this episode with KD include number one, PPI, problem, pain, impact. Get agreement on a problem, understand the pain that problem causes, and then identify what it means for that person and for the business, the impact. Number two, use bucket questions to get problem agreement. Weave the top three problems you see in any situation into your open questions. Number three, anytime someone tells you what they want, restate it as a pain point. Do not just take solutions, turn those solutions into problems. And then lastly, number four, the transition between discovery and demo is the might make sense. Nick, how could people help us out here? Well, next week, there's going to be a part two. And dare I say, part two is even better than part one you want to make sure you don't miss it. And the way you can make sure you don't miss it is if you choose to follow our show on your podcast player of choice, when the episode drops, it will end up right in your podcast player and you can be greeted first thing in the morning with Armand's wonderful voice. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you next week. Today's deal acceleration tip is brought to you by Demandbase. If you want to save a ton of time as a salesperson and be more relevant, I recommend you prioritize your prospecting by those prospects who are showing buyer intent. It'll keep you from making a bunch of noise and reaching out to folks who aren't in market, and instead you'll reach out to folks who are in market. Now, we built a bunch of templates to help you prioritize, accelerate, and win with Demandbase, and there is a link to those wonderful templates in today's show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes.